Northwest Arkansas, welcome back to another episode of Hey Hey NWA. It's your friend Zach here, and only your friend Zach here recording this intro. On today's episode, we get to feature Gina Augeyer. Um, She is the Chief Engagement Officer of the Bentonville Film Festival, um, and we get to talk to her about some of the events that are going on in the upcoming weeks. If you didn't know, the Bentonville Film Festival starts tomorrow, May 2nd, and runs through May 7th, um, which she'll talk about in the interview. Um, I really enjoyed this interview primarily for one thing, um, and that is that we got to talk about storytelling and promoting stories that are centered around minorities. Uh, it was really neat to get to talk to Gina about that sort of thing. Uh, the conversation was a lot of fun. You can tell Peyton is especially excited because, uh, as he says in the interview, he's taking off work to go see some of these films and hang out and get to engage uh, what's going on with the Bentonville Film Festival. Uh, So I hope you guys enjoyed this interview. We'll see you on the other side of it. Another note about this episode, uh, Peyton is attending the film festival with the intent of doing a, a review of the film festival on our show. Um, so be looking for that towards the end of the week, Friday, Saturday, something like that. Uh, so keep your eyes peeled for that. And uh, when Peyton comes back to catch us up with uh, how the Bentonville Film Festival was for him. All right, listeners, welcome to another episode of Hey Hey NWA. Um, this week, we're highlighting the Bentonville Film Festival. And so this week, we have um, Gina, who's from uh, is the Chief Engagement Officer of the Bentonville Film Festival. Thank you for joining us, Gina. Oh, happy to be here. Thanks for having me on. Absolutely. Um, and so could you tell us a little bit about being a Chief Engagement Officer, <laughs> a CEO? I love that that's right. an acronym. Right. Yeah, my boss laughed when I asked for the Chief Engagement Officer title. He was like, oh, <laughs> oh, okay. Still in um, my position. But like I say, I, he lives in L.A., so I'm the CEO of the Bentonville office. So, um, no, you know, it's um, it's really great. My, my role specifically encompasses everything from marketing to sponsorships to community engagement. And I do live here in the community. I've been here for 15 years and love this community, love Northwest Arkansas. And um, so, you know, that's, that's what I do, basically. But um, it's a lot of fun. It's fast-paced. It's crazy busy, and it's awesome. Can you talk a little bit about how you got to Northwest Arkansas for us? Yeah. You know, I was born and raised in Houston, Texas. I'm officially a left-handed Aggie from Texas. <laughs> uh, no making fun of that. Um, <laughs> however, you know, it's I was there for, um, gosh, most of my life and um, had the opportunity to come to Northwest Arkansas with Kraft Foods. So I spent 25 years with Kraft Foods, um, 15 of it here. And, you know, it was a funny story. So... Kraft called me in 1997. They, I came home from a meeting one day and there was a recording on my phone and it said, hey, you know, we're here out of the Bentonville office and we're looking for great people to come here. We want to know if you'd come to, to Bentonville. And 
so, you know, I called him back and said, hey, thanks, you know, but no thanks. I'm good here in Houston. <laughs> and I hung up the phone and I literally laughed and said, I am never going to Arkansas. Haven't we all said that at right? some point? <laughs> right. Famous last words. So fast forward to 2002. I had just had my third child. Literally had just gotten home from the hospital the day before. My phone rings. And my boss says, well, your job is going away. Where would you like to move to? And I said, Bentonville, please. <laughs> and so six weeks later, you know, my husband and I, my husband at the time, he and I were on the road with our six-week-old coming up here to visit. And I fell in love with it. I, You know, just... We got here, and I just never even wanted to go back. I, I wanted to just move immediately and stay here. So we did move here. I've been here ever since. My parents even moved here. And, you know, we just, it's been a fantastic place to raise children. Um, my husband and I did divorce. He still lives here. He's a teacher over at Bentonville High School. And, um you know, we just, we love it here. It's just been a fantastic community to live and work in. It's great people. And wow, it's booming like crazy, yeah. right? <laughs> yeah, I was about to so, ask you, you know, how have you seen it develop yeah, over your 15 years? Just the change has been amazing. And one of the reasons I didn't want to come here was, you know, I'd always heard there just wasn't anything here. Well, that's what you hear, but you get here and I'm an outdoor girl. So to me, there was a lot here. I love all the, you know, the rivers and lakes and hiking trails and all that. But then when we, you know, really got here and started living here, you know, it was a little light on restaurants and shopping yeah, at the time. Yeah. I had to go to Tulsa to do shopping or whatnot. But um, no, that's evolved so much, you know, just all the, of course, shopping and restaurants and whatnot. But also just for us specifically in the festival, you know, the arts community has just elevated to a place that's really exciting and so it's been fantastic to be a part of that um, coming from the corporate side of it of course um, there were a lot of corporate companies here when I moved here but that has increased as well and with that of course that means people have moved in from all over not only the country but all over the world to live and work here and, you know, actually coming from Houston, um, Houston is obviously a melting pot, very diverse city right, to live right. in. I used to laugh that, you know, we kind of lived in the international zone over by um, what was compact computers, you know, at the time. And so um, it, interesting coming here, and it really was predominantly white. I mean, predominantly white, like 99% white, you right. know, when we moved here. And I, honestly, I was very concerned about that because I grew up going to a school in, um, on the outskirts of like Houston, not inner city Houston, but kind of on the outskirts right. of that. And whites were actually, we were the minority mm -hmm. at that school. And so I grew up with people from all different ethnicities. And um, so I was a little bit concerned about raising the kids here with right. that. But fortunately that has changed, you know, to a large degree right. over time. So um, it, you know, it's been really nice to see that evolution. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, especially, yeah, given um, that diversity just enriches the community itself even. So it's not even just like a, 
um, a personal thing. It's a communal thing as well. It is. It is. And so, you know, how I ended up at the festival, like I said, I was 25 years with Kraft Foods and the last six I had led marketing out of this, you know, Bentonville Rogers office calling on Walmart. And Trevor Drinkwater is the co-founder of um, BFF. And he and I were working together on a project, different project. And he came in one day and said, hey, you know, I think we're going to start a film festival here in Bentonville. And I was like, well, cool. That would be awesome for the community. I'd love to sponsor it. And, you know, so got involved with him with that. But when I was leaving Kraft to come over to the festival, because honestly, I came to the festival because I thought it'd be great for the community. But when I was leaving and really started thinking about why I was making this change, I realized that I had started with Kraft back in 1989 and I was hired because I was female. Well, I knew it at the time, honestly, never thought much about it throughout my whole career, never really thought much at all about it, um, except for <laughs> a couple of points in time where like when Kraft uh, brought on the Oscar Mayer business. So think Oscar Mayer, it's a meat company, predominantly men. Uh, predominantly older men, actually, they weren't used to having females calling on them. And I actually had a situation where I had an older Hispanic gentleman who was my buyer. And suffice it to say, he was not happy to have a female calling on him. Mm. And so it was a struggle. It was a struggle for me. It was obvious he didn't really want a female calling on him. It was a struggle for him. He felt like he couldn't be his real self in front of me. And so we had to really forge a relationship um, to where we, you know, just kind of coexisted and, and just made it work. But it wasn't really a great relationship. And interesting story, kind of side story there. Sorry, I'm going down a little bit of rabbit hole. He passed away while I was calling on him. And I was like, oh, great. Now I have to go to the funeral for this man who didn't really like me and who I didn't really enjoy calling on. So I went to the rosary and, uh, you know, to represent craft. And so at the end of the rosary, I was about to leave. And this woman came up to me and asked, you know, if I was the craft girl. And keep in mind, <laughs> I'm a lot older now. I was 23 at the time. So I was the craft girl. And so I said, yes, ma'am, you know, I was. And she said, I just want to tell you, my husband thought the world of you. Wow. He admired you so much. And, of course, I was just shocked. And um, she continued and she said, you know, it was hard for him to have a young girl calling on him and um, one that he just didn't feel like he knew how to talk to and communicate with when he was used to hanging out with men and talking with men his own age. And she said, you know, I'm sure it was tough on you too. And he knew that and he admired that about you. And it was a lifelong lesson for me because I realized, you know, no matter our differences, we really all have the same ultimate goals, you know, that we're working towards. And we found a way to work together. You know, we didn't exactly like each other, um, but we really probably admired each other more than we realized at the time. Yeah. And so at the end of it, I, you know, it just was really, I think, eye-opening to me that no matter our differences, we can come together for, you know, the ultimate common good and make, you know, make great things happen. So learned a lot from that, but back to the other story. Um, so went through that, you know, went through all the cultural corporate changes that have happened, you know, all these years since. And so, you know, we went through a period in corporate America of 
um, companies had to hire, you know, X amount of women or X percentage of women. And then it was, you know, people of color. And then you got into more of diverse lifestyles. And by the time I left Kraft, it was, we were actually hiring, we used to joke, we were actually hiring people outside of our own four walls. So we were getting out of the, um, situation where, you know, we were all like-minded, you know, we all were born and bred, you know, within craft and um, bringing in people who had come from different experiences, different, you know, working um, corporate backgrounds, different countries even. And so that brought to me a whole new dimension of diversity to the company. And I felt like as we brought in more of that kind of diversity we really were producing a better output. And so by the time I left Kraft, I felt like I had seen that whole evolution move, moving from really diversity to inclusion to where we were welcoming people from all walks of life, you know, male, female, different ethnicities, different backgrounds, different ways of living, different companies, different corporate experiences. And what was coming out of it was just stellar work. So great to be a part of that. And then was really excited to come over to the festival where there hasn't been a lot of diversity specifically in film in the industry. And I, you know, I didn't realize that when I first came over, but, um, had heard about it. I had seen it a little bit in music, especially like in country music, which I'm a big fan of that genre. I had seen that. And so it was exciting to me to come over to an industry where we could help facilitate that after having lived it for so long. Mm -hmm. When you say there's not a ton of diversity in the industry of film, are you talking about in the business side of it or directors not being female a lot of times or... And also, are you specifically talking about gender or are you also delving into race and lifestyle like you had said? Right. Yeah. Great questions. Um, so... Let me start with, you know, year one of the festival, we were really focused on film and we quickly evolved into all forms of media. So championing women and diverse voices in media. Mm. So to back up and answer your question, yeah, it, it's both the business side of it and um, the actual, you know, in front of the camera. So behind the camera and in front of the camera. Um, not a lot of women film directors, you know, producers, but also in front of the camera, not a lot of women or, you know, as you asked that broader question, diverse individuals in leading roles in the industry. So if you look back over the history of time in film, what you see is predominantly white males, you know, both in front of and behind the camera, uh, making the big business decisions, doing all the deals, doing the casting, playing the parts, etc. And if you, you know, if you, if you think back to some of your favorite films, where do you find the females in those films? They're typically in supporting roles. You know, they're the yeah. girlfriend. They're the wife that has a few speaking lines in the background. Mm -hmm. um, then you, you start to think a little more broadly than that. You know, how often have you seen a female African-American lead in a film? Um, do you know of any female African-American directors or producers? Um, you know, then you start to break it down and you go away from film into television. You think about music, etc. So let's start with television, children's programming. So I grew up watching a children's TV show that shall remain nameless, but it was one that has a lot of puppets on it. So we'll just leave it at that. All right. Those puppets, if you look at those puppets, 
the puppets were, I think there were 19 or 20 puppets on the show. Of all those puppets, one was a female. Well, yeah. we're teaching our children about diversity and being inclusive, and they're watching programming that's all males and one female. Um, fast forward to some more recent movies. Think about the film um, Finding Nemo. How many female fists were in that movie? Well, I mean, you have Dory, but Flo. Flo. Um, in the fish tank. <laughs> in the fish like, tank. That's right. Like so it. you think about the ocean. There's one female fish in the ocean. Wow. <laughs> she's a busy lady. <laughs> right? Oh, I can understand so right. why she's forgetful. She has right. a lot going on. <laughs> <You're right. laughs> she had a lot happening, right? <laughs> so you think about that. It's like, okay, so all of our, ch- I took my kids, I took my three boys to see that film, right? We bought the DVD mm-hmm. and we watched it at home over and over. I th- probably saw the movie a hundred times. And one female fish in the whole ocean. Hmm. Something's wrong with that picture. So, you know, Gina Davis is the co-founder of our festival. And what we love about Gina Um, beyond the fact that she's just a wonderful person. She's really funny, by the way. She's very funny, very creative. Um, She's a genius. She's smart. Um, But one of the things we love about her is is the great experiences that she's had in the industry and in her career. You know, she's, of course, Academy Award-winning actor. And, you know, she'll tell you stories about, and this was another film, I think, same thing. I took my kids to see it. We bought the DVD, and I I think we saw it at least 100 times. Um, But Stuart Little, if you remember that film. Oh, yes. Yeah, and, you know, and she had a lead role in that film. You know, she's the mom in that film. But she tells a story about there's a scene where there's a pond and they're having the remote control boat races. Okay, originally that was all little boys around the pond holding the remote controls and little girls were supposed to stand back behind them. And so Gina said, you know, she took a look around and thought, hmm. So she went over and talked to the director and said, hey, do you mind? Let's just switch it up a little bit. Give some of the girls the remote controls and let the boys stand in back. And the director looked around, and he's like, well, of course we can do that. And so with just, you know, one easy, quick change, you know, she was able to have the director be able to show children watching this film a much more diverse, inclusive situation where, you know, little girls were able to look then and see themselves with those remote controls, having the boat races with these little boys versus what it would have been, which would have been all little boys, you know, in the races. This may hit on a larger systematic issue, and it's fine if it does. It's fine if it goes (laughs) there. Do you think that when either directors in those roles or casting uh, uh, people who are casting yeah the casting agencies yes the casting Mm -hmm. agencies do you do you think that's just something that has become normal and we or they, or all of us just forget or mm-hmm. aren't aware that's what's going on. Exactly. You're exactly right. So it's called unconscious bias. I don't think any of us or the vast majority of, or vast majority of us don't set out to intentionally um, cast a film or, you know, write a song or what whatever, hire employees that is all, you know, 
white male or one type of individual, whatever type, you know, that is. Um, but it, it, it does bring up the point of unconscious bias. So here's a great example. This is another story that Gina tells. I hope she's fine with me telling all her stories, <laughs> by the way. Um, in funny side story, you said I could go down rabbit holes, so I have at it. We did. Okay, Gina Davis, co-founder of the festival. So my name's Gina. If anybody caught that at the beginning, mm-hmm. wait, hold on. I just have to say I was um, actually <laughs> talking about this with somebody else, and I was like, oh yeah, like meeting with Gina on Saturday, and they're like, excuse me, you're meeting oh, with Gina no. Davis, and I was like have I been emailing Gina Davis this entire <laughs> no. time? And so I checked my email really fast and I was like, oh, okay. I didn't know uh, I was that high high bar. I get that a lot. <laughs> People are so excited. They say, well, we're going to put Gina from BFF on the phone or we'll loot Gina in and they think it's Gina Davis and they get me. No, you know, unfortunately. We are glad to have you. I uh, would just like yeah, to you're say. Yeah, you're special <laughs> enough. Well, so, you know, we both have the same name. We actually, a um, little bit of trivia, both have the same birthday well that's fun i like that that's where the you know similarities in she's tall i'm short she's famous i'm not she's a genius i'm not you know blah 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 she's probably right-handed too she's probably right-handed i need to check oh you're right so you know but no it's fantastic working with her but one of her stories that i do love and this was one of the first stories i heard that she told that really brought to mind for me what she was talking about um, on unconscious bias. So the symphony, okay? okay, back in the day when they would have auditions for the symphony, you know, people would come out with their instruments and usually, you know, you're walking on a wooden stage. So, um, come out to perform and the, the judges watching and listening to them perform, you know, would vote and whatever. And at the end of the day, it would end up predominantly all males in the symphony. Well, Finally, somebody asked the question, you know, we've got like 50-50 of women and men coming and performing. Are the men just better player? You know, are they just better instrumentalists than the women? What's going on? And someone said, you know, maybe we should do blind auditions. Like the voice, right? Maybe we should do blind auditions. So the judges turned their chairs around and people would come out and audition. And it's still, the results were predominantly all male that they would end up choosing. Mm. And finally, they realized when the women were coming out to audition, their heels were clacking on the stage. And so people unconsciously, they knew in their head, whether it was a male or a female coming out to perform Mm. and they were voting towards the men. So they put a long red carpet on the stage and I hope I'm telling this right, but they put a long red carpet on the stage. People would walk across the carpet, chairs are turned And the individuals would perform for their audition. And when the results came in, it was closer to 50-50. So, you know, it tells you there's just this, this unconscious bias. We all have it you know, not intentional, nine and a half, 9.9 times out of 10, but it's just the way we've been trained up in our society over time. And so, you know, that honestly, I'm a huge fan of the voice and we watch it all the time. And that's one of the things I I love about the voice is, you know, they really have no idea when those individuals come out to perform on that stage, you don't know when they're walking up, if it's male or female, right? You don't know until you hear them sing. And even sometimes then it's hard to tell, you know, some of those guys have those really high soprano voices 
so sometimes it can even be hard to tell. They also don't know what those individuals look like. And sometimes, you know, you really can't tell the ethnicity as well. So they don't know what they're getting when they turn around. And that's what I, I think is so brilliant about that show. I mean, let alone just how talented those you know performers are. They really don't know what they're getting. So they don't know if when they're going to turn around, they're going to see somebody that the mass audiences would look at and think star, you know, star quality. Um, and so I, I think it, it does make it more of an equal playing field, you know, mm-hmm. level playing field. So let's get back around to the film festival because right. I'm so excited to hear about a ton of that stuff. <laughs> the festival, uh, yes. Of course. Um, so let's talk a little bit about then how the film festival is counteracting some of those intrinsic or systems that we've been raised in to kind of assume the guy is going to be the director or yeah. you're going to have a white male lead or, or that sort of thing. So let's talk yeah. about how the Bentonville Film Festival is counteracting and maybe undermining some of that. Yeah. Well, let me start by saying we're not against white males. We actually love white males. We welcome white males. Well, thank you. Yeah, yeah we are so white you're males. both white males. <laughs> and, uh, and so we welcome you, you know, um, we need white males to tell the story, right? And to support what we're doing. Mm-hmm. Um, because if whether, in, you know, in, in Gina Davis, one of the reasons she's such a great partner um, to work with and have her to be really the um, voice and face of the festivals because she does have the Gina Davis Research Institute. And so she's been studying gender equality for over 10 years now. So she has a lot of data and, and, and she can talk extensively about, you know, whether it's Congress or the film industry or, you know, any of the different areas in our society um, where it's been predominantly, you know, male and white male dominated fields and how long it will take to change that if we keep going as a society the way we've been going and, you know, not making those changes. Like, I don't know, and I'm probably getting this wrong, but I think one of her stats was, you know, at the rate we've been going, it will take another 500 years to have a gender-balanced Congress. Wow. Good grief. Now, like, what? What? Like, that doesn't even make sense to me. And a lot of the the stats that she provides, it's roughly, I would say, 17% male-to-female ratio that I keep hearing. You know, I hear some 14 and some 20%, but it's roughly, you know, like 17% male to female ratio. I think when you get into like speaking parts for films, it's, um, I believe the the number is like 31% of the speaking roles are female versus male. You know, she does a lot of work around, you know, time spent, you know, for females on camera versus males. And the numbers are still just shockingly low. You know, I just can't believe it. And like I said, coming, coming up in the corporate world, you know, through those years where, I mean, I, I, working at Kraft, we had two female CEOs. You know, I come from a family where my grandmother worked, my mother worked, you know, so I just come from a very long line of strong women. And, and I don't, so I just don't think much about women not having um, an equal stance as men. But then when you really start looking at the numbers, you know, that's the case. And then, like we said, you know, you get into, how often do you see like an Asian CEO or a you know, female Asian, male or female, you know, Asian CEO, um, but male, you know, males just dominate in, in 
you know, corporate America as well as, you know, in media. And so, um, so it's, it's really great to be a part of a, a platform now that is welcoming all and really with a, an intent to inspire young minds so that whether you're talking gender or ethnicity or lifestyle choices, you're, you're showing children that they can be and do anything they want to do, you know, that they are smart and they are talented. We've all been given talents and we all have the opportunity to use those talents to the best of our abilities, but we need to be given those opportunities in the workplace. So whether it's in corporate America or whether it's in, you know, the music industry or whether you're talking about children's books. Did you know children's books today? Um, the characters in children's books are 95% white. Really? Now, that may work for my family, but that may not work for your family or the family next door. So... One of our partners, and we have some amazing partners with the film festival, but one of them is Mattel. And if you're familiar with Barbie and what they've done, you know, over the past few years, you've seen that, you know, they have, after all these years in a huge franchise for Barbie, who's, you know, she's an American icon, um, beautiful, blonde, thin. Well, not all of us are beautiful, blonde, and thin. I'm sorry. I never <laughs> fit into that category. I wish I had, but I didn't. Um you know, over time, they've just done a fantastic job of evolving to come out with other Barbie, you know, Barbies that are, you know, different shapes and sizes. That's their most recent evolution. But, you know, different color of skin and um, different hair, you know, colors. So now when you go and look on the shelves, there are Barbies with black hair and brown hair and red hair and, you know, brown skin and tan skin and Asia, you know, that are Asian skin tones. And it's awesome. It's fantastic that they've been able to do that. Yeah. And I just think back to the experiment that was done um I mean, I think it's been repeated since, but um, where kids were given, you know, a white skin doll and like an African-American doll and mm -hmm. they're asked questions like, which doll is the bad doll? And like those implicit biases kick in of just like, mm -hmm. you know, the white doll is the best, like white, male, yeah. blonde, whatever it may be, like is good and anything else is bad right so yeah. yeah having those like implicit biases um changed in broader culture yeah is incredibly important correct and yeah. um i kind of have a question you you said a while back um that um there was a movement in craft from diversity to inclusion um could you elaborate a little bit more on that and i guess how it ties into the film festival itself because the you know the film festivals uh what am I looking for? Motto. Uh, Champion women and diverse voices in media. Yes. And then, but the tagline is oh, include. include. Yes. Gina, that's the one I was looking for. Yeah. Gina came up with that include bubble and because that is our ultimate goal, right? It is to include, to be inclusive that all are welcome. Um, so all are important, all are valued, all are welcome. And so, like I said, you know, in the 25 years at craft where really back you know, when I was hired, it was, it was a male, female thing. It was, we have to hire X percent of women. And then I literally, like I said, I literally saw where then they started hiring and elevating persons of color. And after that, it was, and there was never anything formal about it or whatnot, but I just noticed after a while there were 
more individuals from different backgrounds, different lifestyles coming into the company. But that was a long evolution. And, you know, as I rose in my career over time and then, you know, got into leadership roles and was able to really, you know, work and guide these different individuals, I think that's where I really started learning about the inclusion piece, that it doesn't matter people's skin color or, or, you know, gender or what type of lifestyle they choose or where they come from. All people are valuable. They all have so much to add. And, you know, if I worked with a group of individuals all like me, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> the output would be pretty limited. Mm-hmm. So you start to bring in people with all these different experiences and ways of thinking. And wow, the output you can get is tremendous. And so, you know, I'm excited to see what progress has been made, um, specifically in the film industry, what progress will continue to be made. Um, you know, last year, like I said, we evolved our motto to be, um, because year one in 2015, it was, it was really just championing women and minorities in film. That was the tagline we used. And then, like I said, we evolved to championing women and diverse voices in media. And, and we will continue to evolve as the cultural, um, conversation is changing. You know, we will continue to evolve all the way to our goal, which is just include. And Gina says it just really simply include. So last year for the festival, I was so excited for the music component of the festival. Um, I really wanted to bring in Darius Rucker, which we did get nice. to do. I know I yeah. see all your faces light up. You know, Darius is just, he's awesome, right? Who doesn't love him? He's awesome. I loved him when he was Hootie and the Blowfish. I love him now as he's in the, you know, country space. But I step back and think, you know, what made this African-American man think that he could transition out of, you know, the pop genre into country western genre as a African-American male and be successful? What, like, what inspired him to do that? What gave him the confidence to do it? But man, he did it. He's done an amazing job and he's just an incredible performer. So I was so excited to bring him here because I felt like he really embodied what we're trying to showcase that, you know, again, doesn't matter your, you know, ethnicity, your gender, your, you know, background, etc. that if you can see it, you can be, be it. And that's what Gina says. If they can see it, they can be it. So in the coming uh, couple of days, we've got some pretty cool films ahead of us. Yes. Uh, what are some What are some people that you're excited about having uh, for the film festival? Whether that's musicians or whether that's um, filmmakers or whoever. Um, here are some people you're excited about. What are some shows you're excited to see? Uh, what are you excited about? Yeah, I, you know, this is our third year of the festival, and um, every year we just take it to a new level. So year one, it, this festival was put together in a very short time frame, like five months or so. And um, in order to get people here and excited about the festival, it was a pretty heavy focus on celebrity talent. I mean, we had Robert De Niro here, and it was just amazing wow. for those who were able to come. Yeah, it was really amazing. Um, so that was that was great. But, um, you know, really the purpose was to get people excited about the films and mm-hmm. the content. Right. And um, the ultimate goal of our film festival is to get the content out into mass distribution, mm-hmm. right? So a lot of the film festivals that are out there that people know about, you know, Toronto, um, 
Cannes, Sundance, Tribeca, all the amazing film festivals that are out there, they really celebrate the art of filmmaking. This festival is really focused on the distribution component. So okay. we have these great partners and um, Lifetime Stars, AMC Theater, and, you know, we work with Walmart, of course, and so as the founding sponsor. And so we, we have these these opportunities to help these filmmakers get their content out into distribution. Because at those other festivals, while they're amazing festivals and some of those films get picked up and go on to receive distribution, a lot of them, the films are never seen. And um, so we find the filmmakers get really excited about coming to Bentonville for this festival because they do have a chance to, you know, get distribution on those films and get them out. And uh, so with that, you know, year two, we really tried to focus more on the content, on the films and then the great panel discussions as well. And that's certainly what we're doing for year three. So exciting for this year, we had a 257% increase in the amount of films that were submitted to us for distribution or, you know, for consideration for the film festival. And Oh my goodness, those films had to be narrowed down to, I believe, uh, 36, 40 films that are going to be in competition. Mm -hmm. So we have a very talented, amazing jury, and there's a process that these films have to go through to be screened, um, to even be, you know, accepted into the festival. There's a set of guidelines, and so films have to qualify for two of the seven, you know, kind of hurdles that we have. You have to be, um, you know, you have to have a diverse team. So whether, again, it's in front of or behind the camera, you know, you have to meet these different qualifiers. And then from there, it goes through the multiple levels of the jury process. Uh, we also had films this year submitted from all over the world. So really exciting. And uh, so, yeah, there's a couple of great ones that are bubbling up to the surface. The ones I've seen are just amazing. I think I was shocked year one at how incredible these films are. And mm -hmm. I continue to be amazed by it. Mm -hmm. And uh, so, you know, trying to just really um, read, you know, you read through all the synopsis of these films and you realize, wow, there's there's going to be some really good ones here for the audiences to watch. Yeah, I'm definitely down to like hear you talk about each individual ones you're excited <laughs> about because well, I'm I'm like taking off work to go to the festival. Oh yay, yeah, good. so yeah. I'm I'm pumped. I'm setting aside time. Does your boss know? Well, oh, your boss yeah, knows no, now. It's, it's been on the now. calendar. It's been on the calendar for like two months. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm not just running away from work. There you Kate, go. If you're listening, I'm yeah, definitely sure not. Sure. Work yeah. Well, you know, you but that's funny because a lot of people do that. They take off work for the festival week. Mm. We have people come in now from all across the country for the festival. Um, we've had some people come in from um, outside of the country for the festival I know there's some ladies out in San Diego that have been texting me for six months and they're you know coming down here for a girls trip you know for the festival and they're all taking off work to do it we've got people coming in from Florida and Washington and anyway so it's really exciting you know to see that and see people get so excited that's one of the great things I think about this film festival because of where we're located in the country it's really easy for people to get here um, we call it in on the marketing side of it we call it, you know, the drivable states or the dr 
drivable markets for people to get here. So, hey, if you're out there and you're in Dallas, Tulsa, Oklahoma City, Kansas City, Wichita, St. Louis, Little Rock, come on over. You know, even yeah. um, we've had people from Louisiana drive over. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, not a long drive, but with, if you're within six hours, hey, there's no excuse to not drive over for so the festival. True. So true. Yeah. Um, but yeah, lots of fantastic films. There's one. So I'll tell you, I'm honestly not a huge fan of Westerns. I know I shouldn't say that, but I'm not a huge <laughs> fan of Westerns. But I'm really excited about seeing this one film. It's called Painted Woman. And so what I do know about the film is is that it was written originally by a man from a male perspective, as typical Westerns are. But what ended up happening was, I guess, a female um, writer or director picked it up and decided to flip it on its head and portray it from the female point of view. And so that's really all I know about it, but it sounds fantastic, and I'm really looking forward to seeing that. We had a film in the festival last year called Josephine, and it was a uh, military-ish type of, it was a military film, but it was um, kind of a country Western military, you know, theme. Anyway, it was about the wife of a soldier. And instead of being told from the soldier's point of view, it was told from the wife's point of view. And, and this is that same, sounds like that same thing. And so I'm very excited about seeing it. <laughs> You're yeah. allowed to be excited about this. I know, these. I am. I'm excited. I, after the festival, my goal is always to sit down and, and go through and watch all of these films. It takes a while, but man, we've got some great ones. Wait, pause. So you're allowed to, like, after the festival festival ends, you get to marathon these movies because you never got the chance because you're working the festival. Working the festival, so busy, you know, leading up to the festival. Um, So, yeah, certainly no time to watch them before. Didn't even think um, about that. Yeah. So, and I'm not a part of the jury, so (laughs) I I don't get to watch them. But Hmm. um, but afterwards, yeah, I'm really excited to sit and watch them. You know, we've got some other fantastic films. Our opening night film is Three Generations. You may have heard about it um it's a a harvey weinstein film and this film has some great talent in it including susan sarandon um, naomi watts l fanning and the film is about a family dealing with transgender issues and their family and i've heard it's fantastic and so we're very just proud and excited to open you know the festival with that film so that'll be happening on Tuesday, May 3rd over at the 21C at 7.30. So Sweet. tickets are first come, first serve. So be sure to check it out. Hard hitting first night. Yeah, yeah. right. <laughs> Open up with a bang. So yeah, yeah no, it's, it's great. So we're really excited about that one. Um, but, you know, there's there's other films. So 20th Century Fox is bringing one called Step. This is another one that um, I think I would really enjoy, but I heard a lot about it. And it's about a group of girls, high school students in their senior year, and they band together to form a dance team, a step a step team, I guess. And um, I think this takes place in inner city Baltimore. And the girls, their mission is for every one of the students in their senior graduating class to graduate from high school and attend college. And they use dance to help make that happen. So that's another one that I think will be a really inspirational film. That one is going to be shown on Saturday, May 6th over at the Walmart Home Office Auditorium. I think that's the Sam Walton Auditorium. So people should definitely check out that one. I think that's going to be a fun one. I know there's another one that day called Leap. So we've got two really great ones um, 
that you know kids kids and parents expect you know the whole family will like to see. So we've got do you guys have animated films? Oh, we do. We have, you know what, that's so funny you asked, because as I was l- preparing for this conversation and I was looking through the films, because there's so many, right? Mm-hmm. So it's hard to keep up. We have this one called DC Superheroes. And of course, it's about the female superheroes. They're battling <laughs> evil in the inner, let me get this right, the intergalactic games. You see, I had to take notes and write it down. Like, <laughs> I'll never remember this. I, I wasn't really a comic book junkie growing up. I've gotten more into that space as I've gotten older, but intergalactic games. And um, actually, you know, that's, it's kind of funny because superheroes are really kind of bubbling up as a theme of our festival this year. Really? So we're going to have a ton of exciting activations around superheroes. So think of things like what's your superpower and who are some of our superheroes. So Mm. I'll tell you, we've got this one and I got to spend some time with her this week. We have this one individual. Her name is Lourdes Lane. Lourdes was a child prodigy violinist at the age of three. She's brilliant. She is a genius. She gradu- graduated, um, oh gosh, what is it at Harvard where you're like kuma? Oh, summa cum laude. Summa cum laude. Thank you, obviously. I didn't graduate being the left-handed <laughs> I mean, Aggie I, hey, from I was, Texas. I, I didn't graduate. Don't, don't assume that I was I that. didn't anyway. graduate at that level. She did. She is so talented, um, just an amazing lady. But she has a program called, well, she has a group called Chick Six. And she has a program, and it's about finding your superpower, you know, the super, super you, you know, and, and your superhero within you. And so she does fantastic work in the schools. And we just had her here this week over at the Arkansas Arts Academy. And she gave two presentations that day, one for the elementary age students and one for the high school students. Okay, so cool. They were showing me these videos the other night. And, you know, the kids knew that she was coming in, right? So a large percentage of the students and some of the teachers came to school in their superhero costumes. And I was watching the video, and of course, for the elementary kids, you can only imagine, right? She's this, she performs on guitar and violin and whatnot. And so she's performing and singing and, you know, jumping around, and the kids are doing the same. But then you get to the high school kids. Well, you know, the high school kids are cool, right? Yeah, they're, they're too way, cool. They're way, way too cool. Way cooler than they're the not going to come to school and really engage in this. And she said, you know, she was actually um, a little bit nervous about it and really tried to be very intentional about what she was going to do with the high school kids. And so she gets up and and starts her performance and she immediately connects with them about asking them, have you ever felt like a misfit? Have you ever felt like you didn't fit in? And so opening in that way, I think must've been very powerful for these kids because the stories of what happened in that, um, afternoon with those students is really just mind-blowing. She had students who some of them had not spoken to their classmates or teachers literally in the whole nine months they've been in school this year. Um, One student moved here, I think, from somewhere else and purposely chose to not make any friends and not engage with anybody. Those were the students who opened up and spoke. They came on stage. They spoke about themselves and what their superpower is and 
how they wanted to connect with people in their school. And which just actually just gave me chills because through music and through the lens of finding your own superpower within you, she was able to really probably change the lives of at least two or three students, you know, and this just happened, I believe on uh, Thursday of this week. So totally cool. Anyway, she's going to be here. Um, she'll be on one of our panels. We have, uh, we have like, gosh, I think 21 or 25 panel discussions happening through the oh week God. with industry experts. And so she's going to be on one of those. And she's actually going to give a TED Talk. So Sweet. Uh, TEDx. Mm-hmm. So, yes. Okay. So she, she does a great TEDx um, style talk that she's going to perform you know, for us here or provide for us here. So really excited about that. We also have a sponsor called Ruby's and they provide superhero costumes um, for pets and people. And so uh, our wonderful sponsors over at Mars, they have a, a, this great pet adoption center every year, you know, during the festival. And um, it's, it's with dogs. And one of the things that the Mars teams told me when we, cause I was kind of scratching my head last year, like, why are we having a dog adoption during the festival? And they said, well, dogs see only love. They don't see color. You know, they don't care if you're male or female. They don't care what color you are. They don't care what your lifestyle's like. They love you. And I was like, oh, okay. That makes a lot <laughs> of sense. Well, now we've got this company called Ruby's. And they are going to be providing costumes for each of the dogs that are adopted. So I think that'll be a ton of fun. But at our ball game on Sunday of the festival, so as any of you have been to the festival may know, every year we have the A League of Their Own ball game. So it's the reunion ball game. And uh, another piece of trivia, this film, A League of Their Own, is 25 years old this year. So celebrating a big anniversary. Yeah. And um, so... At the game, um, Mars is going to be saluting, you know, the veterans. And the veterans really, like, aren't they our superheroes? And so we want to do a big salute to the veterans. We want all veterans to please come and enjoy the game for free. Um, Really excited to have them join us for that day. It's always a great, fun family day. And so excited to salute them. But we are also going to have a group of individuals come out on the field in superhero costumes. So, side note, first 2,000 people to come to the game on Sunday at Arvest Ballpark will get a superhero costume. What? Yes. <laughs> what? Yes. Okay. So, kids' costumes, we're going to bring the kids out onto the field, and we're going to try to break a Guinness World Record with the most people in one location wearing a superhero costume. What's the number right now? Do yeah, you know? Oh, it's low. It's, is it really? I, I can't remember. I don't even think it's a thousand. But really? our goal is even to have at like least two thousand. Or cosplay <laughs> festivals? Or I, no, I I want to say, and I'm probably wrong. I want to say they said it was some random number, like five hundred and thirty-four or something. I don't know. We're trying. I know we're trying to get okay. over two thousand people. Let's blow it out. Oh let's right, out we can do that so for sure. Right, beat. we can do that. Oh yeah, we can definitely do that. Oh for sure. So um, it's really excited about that so everyone needs to come out and you know try to help us break this you know guinness um world record and certainly salute you know the military and come enjoy just what's a really fun day at the ballpark gates are going to open at 10 30 
Um, first pitch is thrown out at noon and the game ends at two o'clock. So it'll be a ton of fun. And we have a really special artist. You asked who I was excited about mm-hmm. coming to the festival. Mm-hmm. We have a really exciting artist um, coming to perform the national anthem for us. And it's Jewel. Oh, yeah. (laughs) So Jewel is fantastic. Um, You know, Jewel, way back when she started in in music, you know, she was on the pop side. Right. Mm -hmm. And um, Jewel has a really great background um, story that she will be sharing during the festival. And I'm not going to spoil it, but um, she, you know, she has her own story that she likes to share. And she does a performance where she does some storytelling, you know, infused, you know, with the music um, that she's performing. And so there's going to be a very special showing of that um, at the festival over at the Meteor. And so we'll be releasing that um, music lineup soon, but that's going to be a fantastic one. And her performance is on, I think it's on Tuesday night. You'll have to wait and check out the final lineup, but super excited about having her come and uh, definitely excited to have her at the, you know, at the ball game. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yep. Well, and you talked a little bit about like there are so many panels. I mean, oh. you okay, I want to hear more about the panels. I'm just trying to figure out what I need to go to. Right. This is completely selfish. It's fine. <laughs> right. You need to start reserving your tickets if you haven't. Um, I will make a plug for tickets. So tickets are on sale. Mm-hmm. Tickets and passes. So what we do, we put passes on sale and passes range from $100 to $2,000. We have all different levels of passes so that attendees can pick and choose and come and experience whatever they want to during the festival so some of the passes are just for the screenings some are just for the panels some are a combination and then get into some of our you know extra events that we have like the opening the closing um, the ball game etc so it is a very busy week it is a packed week so you need to sit down figure out you know what you want to come to and then you can buy single tickets Um, single tickets start at ten dollars you can purchase single tickets for events But if you do want to purchase passes, you still have to have a single ticket. So everyone needs to go online, BentonvilleFilmFestival.com, or download the BFF app from the iTunes Store or Google. And there will be a link to go and and purchase your tickets. And then you just go in on the website and you can just point and click and, you know, build your own calendar of what events you want to go to, you know, during the week. So definitely encourage everyone to do that. We have a box office actually open right now over at the Visit Bentonville office on East Central. And then starting next Saturday, the box office will move over to the 21C Hotel. So, you know, on that north side where the art part, the art yard is where mm-hmm. the big basketball goal yes, is right. that's where our t- ticket box um, ticket boxes box office will be so um anyway people can go by there and, and get tickets as well but the panels we've got some great ones so if you've attended the last two years you know gina davis so she gina and friends they do a hysterical panel where they'll read scripts they'll do like a table reading and they'll read scripts from um, films that were all, you know, cast with males, right? Mm-hmm. And so they've done some super funny ones. I think Swingers was one that was done <laughs> one year. And, and, and these are like PG, PG-13, just so you know. Yeah. But uh, very funny. And so that's always uh, just a big hit with fans. And, you know, kind of a little side note about that. We actually asked Gina, we wanted her to get a group together and perform this outside of the festival earlier this year in L.A. And she said no. She said, this is special for BFF and I'm not going to do it 
out there. Wow. So, what's I'm, the name of that panel? I'm it's just Gina and Friends. Gina and so, Friends. Okay. And it, it's <laughs> if it's not sold out, I know it's close. So you know oh, everybody okay. needs to you know check and get those tickets. But we've got some really great ones. Um, STEM to STEAM. I'll talk more about that in a moment. There's one, I think it's on Saturday, called Kids, and it's Shaping Tomorrow Influencer Today. So you all are influencers. You've got your podcast. And, um, you know, this, is, I think, is just a great one to be able to really start having those discussions. And, again, why it's so important for kids to see inclusion, to see diversity inclusion in the media, you know, in the films, in the music, etc. Um, so that when they're your age and they're doing these podcasts or they're, you know, running their own social media companies or what have you, that they're really coming at it from a perspective of, you know, not discriminating, of being inclusive. So super excited about that. Um, there's another one called Game Changers. This really, I think, goes back to what I was talking about, about my experience at Craft. It's, you know, we all win when we work together as a team and we don't discriminate. Doesn't matter if you're talking the corporate world, the military, um, you know, film projects, what have you. You know, we do, we all win when we come together and work together and um, value, you know, be open to everyone's ideas and experiences. So those are just a few, a handful of the great ones that are out there. So definitely come and check those out. Um, you know, there's, oh, there's another one that was just added. I was cracking up when I saw the title. Um, the title is Hollywood is Not Your Prince Charming. I saw that one. Right? Yeah. <laughs> Did you wonder what it's about? Oh, I'm very curious. I didn't know. I was like, what's it about? So I looked it up and it says, women in industry becoming self-made. Um, today's world is just demanding, you know, that women really are um, financially independent, that they can support themselves. And that has been evidently a barrier. It's been hard for women in the, you know, entertainment industry, in the film industry, to become these producers and directors and, you know, leading roles in films. And um, they, you know, they, they deserve that opportunity. Um, I think women especially are, are showing um, the film industry, they're showing Hollywood that they can command, you know, box office hit films, that they can bring in, you know, those um, attendees to see those films that are become box office hits. So, you know, you think back to some of the Divergent was one of my favorites, but, um, you know, some of those films, Mockingjay, you know, that have been out there that um, have just done really well, you know, with female leads in them. I mean, and you so, talk Hidden Figures. Hidden right? Figures. Absolutely. Fantastic. Okay. So let's talk Hidden Figures. Okay, I love that it. one because... That was one. So I grew up in Houston and I grew up by NASA. Sure. Yeah. So funny because when I was watching that film, I was seeing, did you remember all the men? It was all white, older men, right? Mm -hmm. Or, you know, mostly white, older men. And they all had on their uniform. White shirt, black pants. Right. I grew up with people that I knew that had that job. Right. (laughs) So, you know. I was thinking about it and thought, you know, that's all I knew of NASA. Now, I lived by NASA. I went on field trips to NASA. All I knew and all I saw were the men in those white shirts and dark slacks. Mm. I have no 
no clue that there were these women behind the scenes who were really helping to shape what, you know, the, the program became. And so fantastic. That's a movie. I actually, I want to see that again. Um, so inspirational. And I love that now at this time in history, all of these untold stories about these individuals who, you know, were underrepresented, they were the ones behind the scenes really making great progress. I mean, game-changing, game-changing, life-changing progress behind the scenes and no one knew it. And their stories are finally being told. Very exciting. Mm -hmm. So it's wonderful. Um, You know, some of the other films that um, I've, you know, kind of looking forward to see and said, there's one called A Different Son. That's about a Chinese family adapting to a new culture. I think they moved to Germany. And so they're deciding whether or not to break from tradition. You know, I can't exactly relate to that, except that when you live in Texas, Texas is like its own world, right? Yeah, Everything's true. bigger in Texas. Yeah. Texas has its own mindset on things, you know, great food, great music, blah, blah, blah. And then you move somewhere else. Um, and, you know, every state you live in, I guess, every different part of the country kind of has their own um, flavors and traditions and whatnot. And, uh, you know, and if you're going to move and live in a different environment, you need to be able to embrace it. Right. And so I'm anxious to see, you know, what this film is about, but I can only imagine, you know, for people when they are, um, whether they're breaking tradition or trying to learn to embrace, you know, new, um, practices and new ways of living, you know, that, that can be a challenge certainly. So I think that will be a fantastic one. And there's another one called like cotton twines. And, um, that one is about an African American who's volunteering as a teacher in a remote Yonan, um, village. And that person is trying to give students who are victims of religious slavery, a better life outside of the tradition. So I think that one will be probably a pretty deep but interesting mm-hmm. one. I've been curious about that one. Yeah. yeah. So, I, you know, I, we, so, you know, you've got really deep ones like that, but then you've got others called Free to Laugh. Now, this one, I did want to know, okay, what's that about? As a team, we've talked a lot about comedy. And so think of, for those of you who are familiar, you know, the South by Southwest Festival. So the South by Footprint really does embrace everything from, you know, film, music, comedy, tech, etc. And we have had a roadmap to do the same. And we, we think that and feel very strongly that this festival really... Um, has an opportunity and a right to do that because we live in this community and work in this community where, you know, you have not only a, a great elevated arts, you know, culture that is coming to be, but you also have um, a retailer and suppliers here who operate in all of these different, you know, areas, whether it's, you know, films and, and music or, you know, technological, you know, products, etc. Um, but comedy is one that we've looked at a lot. And so you think back over time, you know, a lot of the big comedians have been men, but can't forget Carol Burnett, right? She was a, a game changer in her own right. You know, there have been so many uh, really great comedians through the years and a number of them, you know, the females have riven, risen to the surface. And of course, now you've got like Amy Poehler, who's just, you know, awesome. Oh, yes. And um, so this film, Free to Laugh, I believe it's about a group of women 
who were incarcerated um, and you know these inmates who are now you know coming out of prison and they have to have a way to support themselves and so they're taught to do stand-up and improv and they are able then to make a living you know doing family comedy and so I think that one's going to be a lot of fun to see I've, I've got that on my list of one that I definitely want to watch mm-hmm, right away sweet. yeah Lots of good ones. Um, but, you know, I did mention STEM to STEAM. What do you know about STEM to STEAM? I know <laughs> STEM stands for science, technology, engineering, and math. There you go. So, because I studied math and physics in college. <laughs> well, there you go. So, what do you think STEAM stands for with the A? Oh, it's the and. Oh, yeah, that's that's what I was missing. (laughs) It's arts. So you add the A for arts. And so STEM to STEAM, um, again, you know, how do you create more opportunities, you know, for um, females specifically in the world of STEM or the world of STEAM, right? And so, you know, we were looking at some stats about all of the jobs. And it's mind-blowing. There's I don't know, I think close to like a million jobs a year here in this country that go unfilled in this, you know, with people from this country. We bring in people from other countries to film film these jobs. And yet you've got, and I am not one of them, let's just be really clear, math, science, not my strong suit. <laughs> But you've got so many females who are really gifted in those areas. I have a niece who, that's really her strong suit. She gets it from her dad, my brother. And, um, you know, I think she'll do great in this field. And so the schools are really focusing on, on STEM now. So really excited about that. But we have a fantastic partner with um, Samsung. And so Samsung is going to be bringing this new Steam Lounge that we're going to have. Lots of cool virtual reality experiences at the festival this year. Um, I, I got a note from... Uh, one of our sponsors over at Nickelodeon, and it was an article about some of the leading festivals who have had some virtual reality experiences. And I know when I was over at South by last year at South by Southwest, I went to a great panel discussion about virtual reality and full length feature films being filmed in VR Mm -hmm. and the really in depth, you know, the deep emotional connections that can be created. Um, but we, we are going to have our own VR experiences. So, you know, we're right there, um, you know, making it happen. (laughs) Well, where can uh, people find that? Is that like an event itself or is that in a common area that people can go to? I'm just, again, very selfish trying to figure out where that is so I can Great question. No, that's a great question. So let's talk about the festival. So, um, you know, the festival runs Tuesday, May 2nd through Sunday, May 7th. And so much to do, as I said earlier, so much to do festival week. So the steam lounge, we've got an area of the festival where there's, it's great for the community to come out. You know, these, these areas are free to get into and just lots of fun. There's a steam lounge, a studio lounge, and an inside out lounge. Um, these areas are all going to be located. So most of the festivals happening over between the 21C, Lawrence Plaza, and Compton Gardens. So that's where you'll find all these different studios and lounges. Um, they're great, you know, fun. You come out to the inside out lounge. It's all about mind, body, and spirit. So our 
you know, our partner um, sponsors do a fantastic job setting up in there. You've got hard candy, makeup, you've got L'Oreal with their hair care products, um, P&G. They've got so many fantastic brands. But, you know, those different companies, I think, do a really great job of coming and not just bringing products that are great, you know, for personal care, but really bringing along and showcasing their initiatives. We love partnering with them because they all do such great work in this space, um, which is really one reason we came out with the idea of the Inside Out Lounge. Beauty from within, you know, taking care of yourself from the inside out so that you can be the best that, that you could possibly be. So love that. Definitely come check it out. The Studio Lounge, you've got all the major studios in there. Disney, can't wait to see what they come with. Um, but you're going to have Disney there. Sony, Sony's a huge partner with, of course, the League of Their Own film. They've got, of course, a lot of other great films. And they are actually going to um, be bringing an activation. So for those of you who are familiar with Bentonville and you know where Lawrence Plaza is, there's that splash park, you know, in the winter we turn it into a skating rink. Think of it, what it would look like when it looks like a ball field, a baseball field. Oh. Right? So they're going to create a um, baseball field basically over that splash pad. And so there will be, you know, films playing, great films playing there all week long. That um, space is sponsored by Sony and Orville Redenbacher. So popcorn. Um, excited to have them on board. So come out and check out that. On Friday night, uh, first Friday, it'll be happening over at the downtown square. And then afterwards, over at the Ballpark Theater, or I guess the A League of Their Own Theater, um, we'll be showing that film, A League of Their Own. So come out and have some Coke and popcorn and M&Ms and, you know, just enjoy the night. It's going to be a lot of fun for the whole family. Um, so all that will be happening. And then... You know, we have other great areas to come and check out. The Record, you know, that used to be the um, Democrat Gazette. Right. Okay. And you know what a fantastic uh, venue that is now for different, you know, parties and all kinds of things happening over there. So we're fortunate enough to be able to host all of our panel discussions there throughout the week. So attendees can come and enjoy panels every day. I think panels start at nine o'clock every morning, run till about five o'clock. And so definitely come and check those out. It's going to be a lot of fun over there as well. Sweet. Yeah. Oh, I'm so excited for this festival. <laughs> <laughs> Lots to see and do, no doubt. You know, every night you can come out and hear fantastic music over at the Meteor. For those of mm. you who have been in there, you know, that that building, I don't know how old that building, 100 years old? I don't know how old that building is. But, you know, it used to be a movie theater back mm. in the day, and now it's a guitar gallery. And Les Key, who owns the Meteor, has done such a great job of transforming that space. You know, of course, he has events there all the time and so we're fortunate enough to be able to use that space and so coca-cola is really going to um, be sprucing it up a little bit and they'll be providing some just really great music throughout the week so i think the meteor opens every night around eight or nine o'clock you'll have to check out the schedule um, the lineup that we're putting together and, and come listen to some really great music Good deal. Sounds good. Mm -hmm. yeah. I'm excited. <laughs> I I love movies so much, so much. Well, you know, I heard I heard somebody say once that all of life's questions can be answered in the movies. Sure. And you know, I think movies and media just in general has such a great power, you know, to transform. Mm -hmm. Um 
and, and music, you know, music and media really sets the, the emotion, you know, the tone for whatever it is we're hearing. And right. so just to be able to, I think, continue to bring awareness to our community and to the, the larger, you know, industry, et cetera, of how important it is to really showcase and put front and center all voices. All sure. voices matter. And, you know, really embrace that so that we can all have full rich experiences yeah. is so important and exciting to be a part of of that and I'm proud to you know be associated with the festival we um we're not just a festival you know we're actually a year-round platform I don't know if anybody knows that I didn't and so whenever you wanted to talk about it yeah I was I'm very interested in the initiative so yeah so we're we are a year-round platform and Bentonville uh, found BFF Foundation is something that we started last year, and we've been able to do some really cool stuff throughout the year. So when we leave the festival, we don't just go home and sit on the couch, you know, for the next year, or go to the beach and hang out for the next year. Um, we leave and we go to New Orleans to Essence Fest with our friends over at Walmart, and then we attend other festivals. We we take um some of our films and the talent we have panel discussions we actually work with the spring creek festival here if you're familiar with that trent jones and team do a really amazing job with that festival it happens every year in october and that festival brings in i don't know 1200 to 1500 students not just from here around the state but also you know from missouri and and from kansas and so they bring in you know, a really, you know, large group of aspiring filmmakers. And so this past year, we were very honored to be able to bring in one of our films um, and the filmmaker and Big Sonia. It was a film from last year. And it's about this woman. Um, she's a Holocaust survivor. And so we were able to bring them in for, you know, that week. And so really, again, proud and just so humbled to be given the opportunity to work with students here locally. Um, we also work with students through some youth programs in L.A. We were a part of, um, it was a, a real workshop, R-E-E-L. Um, to help provide filmmaker skills, you know, to some youth. So really, like I said, humbled and proud to be able to work with some of these youth who are, you know, aspiring filmmakers and help give them the skills that they need to, you know, fulfill their passions and go out there and tell these great stories. And so that is becoming just a something, a bigger focus for us. We've also had a couple of events recently where either at the record that we just talked about earlier or over at our new office over at Haxton Road Studios, which by the way, if you haven't been, y'all to swing by. Beautiful place. Oh, uh, isn't it? Yeah. It's beautiful. So Neil Greenhaw over there, you know, he, he is from Arkansas. He's from, I think he's from Harrison, studied music over at Jay Brown. And he has been in the recording industry now for a while. He actually went out to Nashville for a while and decided that he could come back and do the same thing mm -hmm. here, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah. So, you know, he opened Haxton Studios. Well, now he's got this building, and we're fortunate enough to have space on the top floor. And um, our our sponsor friends, Paris Presents, are on the second floor. And so Neil likes to say, you know, this is a space where business and art collide. And we, you know, collaborate to do amazing 
hosting things. And so anyway, we've been able to be fortunate enough to start hosting some events where we either have like a panel discussion and a screening or we have a live performance. And so like, oh gosh, just a few weeks ago, we brought in this this lady, her name's Lucine, and she is an amazing violinist. She plays hip hop and she came in and so we had a, we were treated to a really spectacular performance over at Haxton in his um, downstairs in his room down there and of course it's all treated and soundproof and it was just like being you know at your own private concert really amazing so um the nice thing about that though the event that we hosted then the proceeds from it went to some charities so we are a 501c3 and you know we're so just thankful for all the friends of the festival that we have who donate to the foundation um, but we also want to give back to the community, of course. So whether it's um, a new organization that's forming called Brand New Mercies, um, this is a group that's going to be providing a 12-month treatment program for women um, and helping them kind of get back on their feet. Or, you know, the Women's Shelter, the North with our Northwest Arkansas Women's Shelter, you know, we're, we're so happy to be able to offer these events and donate the proceeds, you know, to some of those great organizations here locally. And so we really encourage everyone as we start to have these events, you know, to come check us out, be a part of it. And, um, right, you know, just help continue to do great things because I tell you what, man, this, this region is just, we have so many tremendous people here doing really valuable, important work in these different organizations, and we're happy to be a part of it and, um, you know, just help find a solution. And none of it would be possible without the sponsors that we have. And for those, you know, teams that do sponsor us, you know, whether it's our um, founding sponsor, Walmart, presenting sponsor, Coca-Cola, Synchrony Financial. Oh, my goodness. They came on this year as a um, sponsor, and they're so excited to be able to work with the community here. And so, you know, Disney, Sony, um, gosh, you know. Mars, fantastic sponsor with Mars, and they do great work. They sponsor the Women's Shelter. Um, I'm actually on the board of the Women's Shelter with the team lead from Mars. So, you know, those types of friends, ConAgra, you know, with the popcorn, etc., the beauty companies, L'Oreal, Hard Candy, you know, they, they are really, not only are they helping put on a fantastic fun festival for everybody, but they're really helping us to be able to do life-changing work um, here in our community and around the country and hopefully around the world as this thing continues to grow. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> do you have any other questions you wanted to ask? I do not. Okay. Um, well, normally we ask how can uh, listeners or us support you, but I think the answer is obvious. Go to the festival. Um, but also, where can people find these events that are happening throughout the year? Yeah. And also, I guess, keep up from the keep up with the festival if they can't make it right yeah you know we we hope everyone can make it of course certainly no that's not always possible but definitely the easiest way to get information is to go to our website bentonvillefilmfestival.com sign up for our newsletter we're always putting out new news about what we're doing events that are coming up um, but for sure follow us on socials so hashtag bff 2017 you can learn all about the festival and what's going on there will be stories um, hashtag my BFF BFF story. There'll be great stories about the festival and why people get involved with this festival, how the festival is changing their lives. 
um, download our app and just, you know, stay up to date with all the fun things we're doing. And then definitely come out to not only the festival, but to these great events that, you know, that we're starting to put on. It's so much fun. It's um, definitely helping to make, you know, improve just all of the great work that's being done not only around the region, but, you know, in the industry and with us here locally, just really improving the landscape and opportunity for underrepresented voices who want to be heard. Awesome. Great. We're glad for what you're doing. We understand that storytelling creates empathy and empathy creates compassion here. And oh, so, I love that. Um, Can I steal that? Yeah, yes, absolutely. Okay. Have at it. Um, I've never heard him say that. So. I, I have <laughs> him write that. That, that was a spot. stroke of brilliance. I'm going to have him write that down. Um, so we're glad and thankful for what you do. And uh, we're excited for the festival. So Thanks. hopefully we'll see you around there. Definitely. Yep. Stop and say hi. I'll be running around busy, but stop and say hi. I'm excited to see everyone out there. And um, certainly everyone, you know, from here locally, but, ex- you know, excited to welcome people from all over to come and check us out. Absolutely. Thank you so much, Gina. Thanks. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, really appreciate it. Sure. Thanks for listening to another episode of Hey, Hey, NWA. If that conversation piques some interest for you about the Bentonville Film Festival, you can find more out about them at bentonvillefilmfestival.com. They have a schedule there where you can see uh, the full list of events, panels, movies, uh, whatever is going on each night this week, um, and maybe attend. There are tickets, so uh, if you know you want to go see a certain show, make sure you get tickets ahead of time. If you want to keep up with what we, Hey Hey NWA, are doing, you can find us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash Hey Hey NWA. We're on Instagram at Hey Hey NWA Podcast. Um, If you like us so much that you want to help support the show, um, because the show isn't free to produce, you can support us at patreon.com forward slash Hey Hey NWA. We have some rewards there for contributors. Yeah, and be looking for... Uh, Peyton's review of the Bentonville Film Festival coming later this week. And that's the jam. Mm-hmm.